At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Barry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. Thursday edition of the show. Came to you with a jam-packed one on Tuesday. Talked a good bit about junior day recap. And then we spoke with Charles power and talked about 2023 quarterback targets. If you didn't listen to that one, I highly recommend it. Lots of great stuff from Charles power, the director of scouting and rankings at on three.com. It was uh, tons and tons and tons of information jam packed into a 20 to 30 minute interview. So all things quarterbacks, Arch Manning, Jane Rashada, Marcel Reed, Chris Fazina, all of that and more in Tuesday's show. Um, and then today we're going to talk a little bit about a visitor that is expected into town this weekend and then some NIL stuff. So with that, Grayson, welcome in. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Zach. How are we? Much better than Tuesday. I am uh, slowly making my way farther and farther away from the brink of death that uh, I sounded on uh on Tuesday. Cause I, I told you I went back and listened to it. Cause I, I was like, man, I, I could barely talk and felt like I sounded really bad and sure enough confirmed. Um, went back and listened to like the first 20 seconds and was like, Oh, Godspeed to people listening to me talk, but much better today. Still a little congested, but you know, what can you do? So it's what, it's what two-year-olds do. They, they give you crap. I can't relate, but I can, uh, I can hear in your voice that that, that is truth. Yes. So, um, all right. Earlier today at Ole Miss Spirit, part of on three, in the Spirit Recruiting Daily thread reported Jarvis Brownlee Jr. is slated to officially visit this weekend, the Florida State cornerback, um, 5'11", 180-pounder, um, originally from Miami Gardens, Opelika area. He will be in town. Uh, Ole Miss hosted Quincy Riley last weekend. So uh, as I wrote uh, in my quick little piece on him, you can find that at OleMissSpirit.com, part of On3. Um, looks like they're looking for a guy that's an experienced corner to come in and play right away. Quincy Riley, the former All-Conference USA selection at Middle Tennessee, 
he was in town last weekend, and now they're bringing in a guy from Florida State who had played a lot of football the last two seasons. Um, I know that you wrote about him. Uh, he was recently in the headlines um, for uh, non-transfer portal reasons, but uh, you can uh, you can touch on that a little bit here, Grayson. So what do you know about Mr. Brownlee? So Brownlee is a three-star recruit in the class of 20, 2019. Uh, I believe that was the first year that Mike Norvell was um, at Florida State or the last year of Willie Taggart. But either way, three-star recruit that got onto campus at Florida State, uh, didn't really do much as a freshman, but immediately kind of stepped into the spotlight in 2022, played eight games, uh, made four starts, 26 tackles, had a, had a decent you know first year in the mix of things. Um, and then last year was kind of his breakout. He appeared in all 12 games, made 11 starts, had 51 tackles, two picks, a couple pass breakups, and a forced fumble. Um, he's very experienced, having played 20 games in his career so far, made 15 starts at Florida State. So it's not like it's an FCS level program or a group of five team, even he's made 15 starts on the division one FBS power five level in the ACC um, had a very interesting year um, did not play super well in that week one loss to Jacksonville state um, got burned a little bit against Florida and Florida State fans were not super nice to him in either instance. Um, on top of that, the reason he was really in the headlines, and you alluded to this, late, well, I guess at the beginning of March, a report surfaced. So I don't have it confirmed. It's all secondhand reporting. But a report surfaced that Jarvis Brownlee was not participating in Florida State's spring practice. Nobody really knew why originally they thought maybe he was nursing an injury from last year. As it would turn out, according to Ingram Smith of the Nolcast, which is Sports Illustrated's, um, actually, I don't think it has an affiliation to Sports Illustrated, but it has been featured on Sports Illustrated a bunch of times. It's the number one Florida State football podcast in America. Um, Ingram Smith has dialed in to everything that's going on at Florida State. It is literally where they talk about the Knowles. Exactly. And Ingram Smith knows what he's talking about. So for him to say this, I definitely take stock in it because he knows what he's talking about. So he came out and said on March 9th that Jarvis Brownlee was holding out of spring practice because of an NIL issue. Um, there were a lot of rumors that he was holding out because he did not have a deal in place for name, image, and likeness. Ingram Smith came out and said that from what he understands, Brownlee did have an NIL deal in place. But for whatever reason, whether it be academics or on-field play, for whatever reason, he was not eligible for his NIL deal. So as a result of his ineligibility yeah real quick say. real quick i don't mean to cut you off but no go ahead they, was there any confirmation on why he was ineligible 
because as of right now at 12.40 p.m. Central Time on Thursday, I haven't seen anything, you know, uh, hinting towards or, you know, academic issues. I have no idea. I, I we, We've been through this before with Jalen Knox and then with Deion Smith, obviously, where you can't transfer from one school to another if you're not academically eligible. So what did you ever find out why he was ineligible for said NIL deal? No, nobody ever came out and said it. Um, but so maybe, I mean, th- there were two sides of it, right? The one side said that he was holding out because he did not have an NIL deal. And then Ingram Smith of the Knowles number one Florida state podcast in the country came out and said that he was holding out because he was ineligible. He did not meet the minimum requirement of the agreement. And as such compensation has either been delayed or will not be occurring. So there was never a reason given as to what those minimum requirements were. Perhaps it was the amount of social media posts um, required to promote said entity that was going to be paying him. Perhaps it was academics. Perhaps it was on-field play. He didn't have enough starts under his belt to get this deal to go into place. Nobody really knows. But he was holding out, reportedly holding out, of Florida State spring practice because he did not have an NIL deal in place that was able to pay out immediately. Um, And then... You know, a couple of days later, so that was March 9th that the report came out. He was holding out. March 24th, he entered the transfer portal. Um, so between them, between the time that it was reported he was holding out and the time he entered the transfer portal, he said, God got me on Twitter. And then it followed it up with another vague tweet where it said, everything temporarily so a bunch of typos, but everything temporarily, don't let them tell you different. So I don't know what that means. And then he followed that up with a tweet that has since been deleted saying all he knows is football. Um, Again, all of that is extremely vague. It doesn't really give us any answers as to why he was holding out. If he was holding out because of NIL, and what the issue was with the NIL to begin with. But he has since entered the transfer portal. And since then, he has tweeted that he is going to be going to the SEC or the ACC. Um, Now, we know he's going to be on campus at Ole Miss this weekend. Since he has entered the transfer portal, he has retweeted posts from the Seminoles Boosters official verified Twitter account which is the fundraising arm for Florida State Athletics. Hell um, yeah. So he's Get either Adam. trolling <laughs> or perhaps he's considering a return to Florida State if the NIL situation gets figured out. I don't know. Nobody really knows. What we do know is that he's going to be on campus in Oxford this weekend, and he's one heck of a ball player with a lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, before anyone, I guess, makes any assumptions or cracks a joke or or whatever, you know, he had some, you know, he was covering the Jacksonville State receiver that scored the the winner, the game winner at the end of the regulation or whatever. Right. He got roasted for that. um, And then for some other things, but, you know, whatever. This whole thing does not stem from, you know, a lack of playing time or, um, 
as far as we know, like a just you know disgruntled relationship with a position coach or Mike Norvell. Like I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, from everything that I read earlier this morning when I wrote the quick little post on him at Olmus Spirit part of on three.com was he was probably going to be a starter for this he defense. Would have. So it's not like a I'm taking my ball and going home type thing. I think this is just a matter of a guy that's just wanting to get his because NIL is, you know, everybody, you know, Hey, show your worth. What do you, you know, how much do you think you're worth? I mean, that's, I don't fault a guy for that at all. I mean, some people could, you know, really take the, you know, clutch the pearls, yell at the clouds, get off my front yard, take, and, you know, Oh, you're just there to play football. No, like it's a very different day and age now. I, I don't, fault someone at all for trying to squeeze out every single penny they can get because look, I mean, nothing's guaranteed injuries happen nonstop guys in their careers, tear ACLs. You can have concussions, mental health things. This isn't like a, Oh, you made it to the power five level. All you got to do is, is put in the time and then you'll get to the, no, like it, nothing is guaranteed. So I don't fault anyone for trying to, get an NIL deal. Um, so, yeah, I don't think this is a, you know, well, he wasn't going to play, so he's leaving type deal. Um, and again, you alluded, he could go back to Florida State. We don't, I mean, who knows? I mean, he, he said ACC or SEC. So, sure, there are other ACC programs out there that he could transfer to. He was originally a Miami commit before he flipped to Florida State. Maybe he wants to go play for the Canes. I don't know. I do know that he is scheduled to be in Oxford this weekend. Um which is interesting because, like I said, they hosted Quincy Riley last weekend, and now they're bringing him in. I don't know what Quincy Riley's situation is. Um, I'm actually waiting to hear back from some people around uh, the Middle Tennessee area to see what his timeline is decision-wise. I know his mom tweeted out, you know, kind of hinting at a decision coming soon. Um, we had previously talked about Quincy Riley before. He's originally from Columbia, South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina is going to offer him. I know that that was initially the hope was that the Gamecocks would extend an offer and then he would go back and play for the hometown team. Um, Ole Miss obviously likes him. They brought him in for an official visit, um, but we'll see what happens with Brownlee. But yeah, interesting situation for a guy, you know, it's almost like an NFL thing where guys, you know, sit out of training camp waiting on a contract issue to get settled. It's exactly um, what it is. It's the first time, at least yeah. the first known time in college football where a player, again, it's all reportedly, we don't have anything confirmed, but a player reportedly held out from spring practice because of an NIL issue. It's definitely speaks to the world in which, uh, you know, we're living. It's, it's definitely wild, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the dude can play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, made some big plays during his time at Florida state. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I pulled up a, uh, an old athletic article, uh, from 2019. Um, here it is. Hold on. Since entering the portal. Okay. I got it. Sorry. Has, has tweeted f- six times with all very vague <laughs> cryptic messages <laughs> for whatever that means. Okay. We'll see. All right. I got it. So, Tayshawn Reed of The Athletic in 2019 um, spoke with uh, Carroll City, which is – he played at Miami, Carroll City, um, 
the defensive coordinator there, Greg Moss, who was the former secondary coach at FIU, who coached Brownlee, uh, said, quote, he has some long arms, and that's what allows him to be so special in press coverage and playing man. He's built like a DB, and he can run. He's able to change direction with his lateral movement, and then his straight line speed is something that really allows him to run with vertical routes. Those are things that you want to see in a guy that plays that position. Um, I know he was clocked at, as fast as a 4-3-4 in high school in the 40. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can see it on tape. He's impressive. He's very physical. I, that was something that jumped out to me just doing some quick YouTube searches and watching some clips of him on, on Twitter. Very physical guy, 5'11", 180, 185. Um, you know, I saw that uh, Nick Pentakoff posted a, a quick video of him um, tackling Kyron Williams of Notre Dame, who is a very physical running back. And, um, you know, not a lot of people can put Kyron Williams down on their own. Um, so he's very – and look, we know that Chris Partridge um, and this staff, they liked those – 5'11 to six foot, six one corners that can do multiple things. And one of those being physicality in space, especially. That's why Tysheem Johnson got a lot of playing time last year. That's why Jake Springer was so um his his come his comeback from injury was imperative to that defense taking the next step in the second half of the season. They love those guys that can come in and be physical at the line of scrimmage and cover in space. That's why you sign a guy like Aishim Young from Iowa state, you sign Ladarius Tennyson from Auburn, these guys that, that they're not your stereotypical, you know, out of a, you know, create a player factory, six to 190 pound corner, but in the three, two, six, they can, they can do a lot of things. They can help you in run support and they can also cover guys in the slot and guys downfield. Um, so this is an interesting one to keep an eye on this weekend because of the, the playmaking ability. And then as uh, Greg Moss alluded to his wingspan, making him so special in, in man-to-man coverage. So um, we'll see again, as of now, no confirmation that he's shown up. It is Thursday, probably going to arrive Friday afternoon, evening, if I had to guess, um, but we'll see. We'll have more coverage of that at Ole Miss spirit, part of on three. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more NIL and then uh, another transfer portal target. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662 238 3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping 
and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson, we're with you. All right, since we are on the topic of NIL, there's an interesting quote earlier today, I believe. Yep, this morning. Yep, this morning. Uh, first time I saw it, the Rebel Walk on Twitter had it. It is from Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart was talking about NIL. He said, quote, I'm not a kid who looks for stuff like that. I'm a football player. I want to play football. If I can play good on the field, that stuff will come. I committed to a school to play football, and that's my whole focus, end quote. All right, before I let you dish on this, look, I'll just be very frank with everyone listening and to you. Jackson Dart, don't have this confirmed. I would venture to say he has an NIL deal with someone. Hasn't been announced yet. Look, I – the guy had a whirlwind of a transfer portal recruitment, took a lot of visits, ultimately ended up at Ole Miss. As you and I both allude to, it was wrapped up after the visit. He had some fun, went to BYU. Um, I don't think he shows up anywhere, whether it was Ole Miss, whether it was Oklahoma, BYU, whatever. I don't think he goes anywhere without at least some kind of handshake deal for an NIL, you know, some kind of deal. I think that's just part of college football now for big high profile guys like Jackson Dart, former five-star played at USC, big name. Um, just everything about his game just oozes swagger, sex appeal, whatever you want to call it. The guy <laughs> is a bona fide star. He hasn't taken a snap yet in the 2022 season. But look, if Lane Kiffin and them fight over this guy as much as they did and sign him, I think they expect him to be pretty damn good. Look, he, he's done interviews a lot. He was at USC. He was starting quarterback for the Trojans. He did interviews there all the time. He did interviews in high school all the time when he was, you know, shot up recruiting boards and lit Utah's high school football record book on fire He's very trained on how to deal with the media. I think right now, and, and look, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think this is a good thing. I think this is a sign of maturity. I think this is someone who is the goal right now is to get ready for the season and, and compete in spring because the quarterback competition is, is ongoing. You and I both agree it's not much of a competition, but it's still there. He hasn't been named the starter. He's trying to win that job, build rapport with his teammates, continue to build bond with his receivers, his running backs, his offensive linemen, all that good stuff. I think he is sending the right message by 
letting people know, hey, right now I'm just focused on, on playing football. I don't care about NIL. I don't care about, I don't care about money. This is what I'm doing. But that's just my opinion. I want to hear what you have to say about it. I mean, I agree with you. I, I think he kind of says it for himself. He's like, he says that if he can play good on the field, which he should have said, if I can play well on the field, that stuff will come. I mean, that's all, that's exactly what's going to happen. If, if he doesn't have something in place already, which you and I both agree that he likely has something at least in the works or something signed that he has yet to announce because he's making the focus about football. If he doesn't have anything and he goes out there and wins the starting job, then by week one, he'll have a new car. He'll have a new, you know, whatever. We've seen it with the, the likes of Spencer Rattler where nobody knew really if he was going to be QB one entering his sophomore year, he comes in, leads Oklahoma to the, I believe the sugar bowl um, beats Florida in the sugar bowl or whatever it was, whatever bowl game, cotton bowl, whatever wins that starting job. And then boom, all of a sudden those NIL deals start to fall together. And Spencer Rattler's making a bajillion dollars through NIL at Oklahoma and then it goes on to transfer to South Carolina, where surely there's money involved because he already has a new car. He already has new everything, right? So like Jackson says, if he plays well, the money comes. But with that being said, I mean, there's no way that for his recruitment to have dragged on as long as it did, um, we've both speculated that perhaps he was just trying to milk that kind of Christmas break as long as he could before getting back into school and really just take some time to himself to kind of reset before transitioning um, much like, you know, a high school kid would towards the end of their senior year going into a freshman year. I think more than likely money had something to do with the conversations and his back and forth between Oklahoma and USC. Obviously we don't know that to be the case and pay for play remains illegal but it's, it's hard not to imagine that there wasn't a conversation around the NIL opportunities that Ole Miss could offer Jackson Dart, that Oklahoma could offer Jackson Dart, heck, that even BYU could offer Jackson Dart. Um, but he came out and said in that same press conference this morning, this was the first time that the quarterbacks were allowed to speak with the media, both, both Luke and Jackson spoke to the, spoke to the press this morning, um, Jackson said on why he picked Ole Miss, quote, ultimately seeing the production they had last year. I love how electric the offense is. It's super quarterback friendly. I love how Coach Kiffin has really turned some things around here and brought it back to how it used to be. Um, obviously, he's not going to come out and say, I picked Ole Miss because they gave me the most amount of money. But everything that he continues to say makes it very clear that, yes, while money is obviously lingering in the background. That's not his concern. He wants the ball. He wants to get to the next level. And um, I mean, just to be quite frank here, it's not like the Dart family is financially destitute. They are very well-to-do family out there in, in the Utah area, live a very comfortable life. So it's not like money is a problem or a concern to where he needs to put food on the table like we have seen with some other recruits even before NIL and now with NIL, you know, money can be a big factor on where a kid goes to school because they need that money to go to dinner at Ajax to go to, you know, Bure and get drinks with their boys during the off season. Um, Dart doesn't have that problem. 
So he's making it very clear that football comes first. And I like that a lot. Um, another funny aspect of his press conference this morning um, in that quote about INIL, he said, quote, I'm not a kid who looks for stuff like that. Um, later on in that conversation, someone asked him about his relationship with Luke Altmaier. And he said, quote, Luke is a great kid. He was the first kid to come up and shake my hand. I can tell he's raised really well. We're good friends. Because people on the internet are stupid, um, myself included, he, he, the internet jumped on him for calling Luke a great kid because they're the same age and all that stuff. Um, so pretty funny there because it's like really, and then um, he referred to himself as a kid as well. So he's just, he's just talking in football speak. Uh, but I thought that was pretty funny. He, he commented, Luke is a great kid. And people, we know the people for which were upset by it. The, uh, the good folk who continue to clamor for Altmaier to be the starter, which he could be, he could go in there and win it. But those same people are coming out and saying, Jackson Dart is so disrespectful calling Luke Altmaier a kid. Relax. He called himself a kid too. He is a kid. He's an 18, 19 year old guy stepping into a new program but yeah all this goes to say jackson darts yeah. making the emphasis on football over money and that's really awesome yeah like i said i think if you're an old this fan you should you should like what he's saying because Definitely. he's not trying to sit out a spring practice and clamoring for money <laughs> he's trying to win a job I, I mean i think that that's again i think it's a sign of maturity for a guy that's you know a true sophomore and he's not worried about, you know, some NIL deal from, you know, Canon Motors and this new Ford Raptor or whatever he wants. He just wants to play. I, again, I think by the time spring practice is over, heading into the summer, into the fall, you'll probably start to see some NIL deals pop up for some things that, he's got going on behind the scenes. I don't know. Puka Mac, yeah. I mean, yeah. Bring back the Puka shell. I mean, the nine, <laughs> the nineties are already back already. So maybe that's what he's aiming for, but you know, Matt Corral had the same approach. Like he didn't jump at the first NIL deal that came calling. I mean, he said he wanted to be thorough and take his time and make sure whatever he did was going to be the right fit for him and, and what he wants to do. So I, who's to say that, the Jackson Dart's not doing the same thing. So, um, all right, we're going to take our last break. We'll close up shop on the other end, talking about a, another transfer portal target and some, uh, you know, you know what we like to do. We like to break down it, social media stuff. So we're going to look at some Instagram posts and try to translate and uh, see what that stuff means. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24-7, 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. 
former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry Grayson, we're with you closing up the Thursday show. All right, Grayson. Seems to be a formality at this point, mostly from what we're hearing from folks in the know, uh, mainly Ole Miss Spirits Ben Garrett continues to say that, barring something crazy, LSU wide receiver Deion Smith will be at Ole Miss in the fall. I don't know if it'll be the summer when he reports, if it'll be for fall semester or whatever. He's not listed on the LSU depth chart for spring. Um, so he's still in the portal. He didn't get out of the portal. Um, he's already done some things on Instagram. Jackson Dart posted a hype video a couple weeks ago. Deion Smith commented on it, QB1. Now he is back into the news on Instagram, on the story. Posted a picture of him and Malik Heath. I don't know when the picture was taken. Could be recent. Not sure. It is a uh, image of them working out together. And uh, the caption said, happy birthday, gang. Finna be a crazy year. And then he tagged Malik Heath. He did the little devil emoji and then a uh, arm flexing emoji. So you being the resident youngster here on the show, much more adept at breaking down social media. What do you think? I mean, I, I think we know what it means. Hinting at it being a crazy year with a picture of him and Malik Heath working out. They're both Mississippi guys. Grew up probably either playing together or very familiar with each other's work. In the high school ranks in Mississippi, both are from the Jackson area. Pretty sure Deion Smith is hinting at the two playing together at Ole Miss, but what did you take from this? Yeah, I mean, all signs point towards the two playing together at Ole Miss. Uh, I spent way too long. Um, well, I've spent the last little bit here looking at this post and looking at the bleachers and seeing what field it might be, um, where they are working out, but perhaps I'm reading into it too much, but in response, Malik Heath 
said, appreciate it, little bra. It's up, no cap this year. So, I mean, they're alluding to the fact that the two of them both plan to be in Oxford this fall, uh, lining up at wide receiver next to one another. The devil emoji has been something that Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, Deion Smith has been using a lot throughout this process on March 18th. Jackson Dart posted on Instagram and Deion Smith commented QB1 with the same devil emoji. If Deion Smith is calling Jackson Dart QB1, the assumption would be that Deion Smith would be playing for Jackson Dart, playing with Jackson Dart this fall. And to further add to the speculation, Michael Trigg transferred to Ole Miss this offseason. He is new to the team. It's not like he has a pre-established relationship with Deion Smith because Deion Smith is from Mississippi. Michael Trigg is from Tampa Bay. The two of them didn't really have any crossover, especially considering the fact that Michael Trigg went to USC. Now, with all that being said, they are now friends. Trigg and Deion Smith were playing both NBA 2K and Madden online with one another uh literally yesterday so the fact that Dion smith is playing video games with michael trigg who is at ole miss and has probably no previous relationship with Dion smith is just another domino to fall in these secret social media not so secret social media signs that allude to what ben garrett has been confident in saying since the beginning that Deion Smith will likely be playing for Ole Miss this fall, getting to campus after he figures out his academic stuff at LSU. He's still in the transfer portal, has not withdrawn his name, is posting with Malik Heath, is posting with Deion Smith, and calling Jackson Dark QB1. I don't know how how much more obvious he could be. I don't know if he's trying to be secretive, um, but he's not. It seems... Seems like I would hope he's not trying to be because he's doing a very poor job. (laughs) He's doing a very poor job if he is trying to be secretive. I mean, yeah, it seems to me like Malik Keith and Deion Smith will be catching passes from QB1 Jackson Dart this fall, which is awesome. It's just another big body, talented receiver who fills into the receiving room really well. We've talked about him before, but him, Jonathan Mingo. Jordan Watkins, um, and some of those other guys that we've talked about uh, will be very dangerous when you've got a guy like Jackson Dart throwing on the ball. So, yeah, seems to me like it's a done deal. It's just a matter of when, not if. Yeah, I I think close-up shop here, you know, outside of this development, which just adds to a – I think a very under, I don't know, it could be, could be both underappreciated, undervalued receiver room. I know that they lost their top three guys from a year ago, Shakur Pearson, Braylon Sanders, Ontario Drummond. You've got Jonathan Mingo coming back off the injury. He should be 100%. Braylon Brown had a nagging hamstring injury. He's back 100%. Jalen Knox is eligible, the Missouri transfer that lit up practice all year and the staff raves about him. You've got Jordan Watkins, the Louisville transfer that's in there. Um, 
Dennis Jackson, Jane Jackson coming back for another year in the system. Um, you've got Michael Trigg, as you said, added in the tight end room. He's going to be essentially a, you know, kind of an, I don't know what you would call him, an X tight end, a Y tight end, whatever, but he's going to be yep. very active in the offense. Um, yeah, if you were to add a guy like Deion Smith, I mean, that's just another weapon to an offense that boasts all the names that I just mentioned. One of the most experienced offensive lines in the country in terms of games played, starts, whatever you want to call it. And then you've got a guy like Jackson Dart in there fighting with Luke Altmyer, quarterback. And, oh, by the way, you added five-star Zach Evans to a backfield that boasts Kentrell Bullock and um, incoming freshman Quinshawn Judkins. And you got a guy like Ulysses Bentley coming in. I mean, I I know that they won 10 games for the first time in, in program history a year ago. Matt Corral, one of the most decorated and most beloved quarterbacks in Ole Miss history. This Ole Miss team, we'll get into it as the summer gets here and as we get closer and closer to fall, but with the early schedule and the setup for the first six games heading into the second half of the season, this team has a real shot to make some noise, not only in the SEC West, but down the line when you talk access bowls and, you know, being being a team that's playing on New Year's Day again. So um, outside of that, Grayson, I think as we close up here, probably one of the more exciting developments coming out of spring practice is that Jackson Dart brought the 11s from L.A. with him to Oxford. <laughs> he sure uh, did. And the Pukas. He brought – I did not – I admittedly did not expect him to be wearing puka shells while playing in spring practice, but he is. And that's awesome. puka, puka shells and an Apple Watch. Baller. Got to close those rings, dog. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I hope he continues to wear the 11s. I hope he's got more. Uh, maybe, you know, Kiffin, we know he loves Jumpman. He loves his Dior's. He loves his Dunk Lows. He loves all of that stuff. Maybe. What if that's the NIL deal that I just had that same thought? (laughs) (laughs) What if him and him and Mike got a little deal going where he wears the jump man for, uh, for Ole Miss. Um, But yeah, so exciting stuff coming out of spring practice. We'll continue to have that coverage for you at Ole Miss spirit. We do want to remind you as always like subscribe, leave a review. One other thing to like subscribe, the Ole Miss Spirit Instagram is, is up and popping. Uh, go over to Instagram. Give the Ole Miss Spirit Instagram a follow. OM Spirit on three on Instagram. Post tons of updates on what's going on at the site. And then lots of other stuff being posted to the story. That is going on. So make sure to follow that for all of your Ole Miss Spirit needs via Instagram. Grayson and I will be back next week. We'll recap the weekend that was prospects visiting, all that good stuff. You got anything else before we uh, hit the door? I don't, but I'm very excited. I'm, I've been watching guys grocery games today, and they did a uh, April Fool's episode where they had the judges come out and compete. And so I'm excited to try out this. Uh, he called it a pinata salad. It was Justin Warner. Justin Warner was the chef, and he, he's got this pinata salad with like burrata and, and caviar and all this stuff. So I went to the grocery store this morning and spent far too much money at Whole Foods. Um, but I'm trying that out tonight. So so y'all stay tuned for that as well. I know you're waiting on the edge of your seat to see how my salad comes out. Hey, love a good salad. <laughs> uh, 
since you brought it up, um, I don't know if you're a Marvel guy. Did you by any chance watch Moon Knight's premiere last night? I have not yet, but Whew. we have a guy that I am close with on on my other my day job at Pro Bible. Um, he's the the kind of Marvel guy, and, and he had a lot of good things to say about it. Man, very, very, very high marks for the first episode. You got Ethan Hawke, Oscar Isaac, obviously, as the lead. It was uh, a lot of fun. I loved it. Um, excited for that. Episode two next week. Uh, last, last thing here before we uh, hit the stop button. Final four this week, uh, this weekend, I should say. Who do you got? I think Kansas is going to win. And I'm hopeful that UNC wins. But Paulo Banchero is Banchero is pretty dang fun to watch. So that'll that'll be yes. a, I think that yes. one's a coin flip. I like UNC with the points. I think if you're getting four and a half points in a back and forth one possession game, like I think it will be, you should take the points. But mm-hmm. I do think Kansas is going to win pretty handily. You think they win it all, or you're saying they win the Final Four? I'm going to say they win their Final Four matchup against Villanova. God, you're putting me on the spot to win it all again. I picked Kentucky the first go around, so I guess <laughs> I'm a jinx over here. I should pick. That's okay. I had I Purdue Duke, and Iowa. I want Duke to four. win it all. <laughs> well, I, I, I had Gonzaga winning it all. So yeah, that's true. What? Everyone's bracket was busted this year. I think that Kansas wins. I just think the Justin Moore injury is going to be too much for Villanova to overcome. Yep. And I think and I think Villanova's damn good. Jay Wright, you want to talk about underappreciated. I mean, the guy's an incredible coach, and I think he has made Villanova blue blood. I know there are some people out there that say no, but no, I say Vill- yes. Villanova's bona fide blue blood at this point. I think Kansas wins. I don't know, man. I just think this is like a storybook ending. I think Duke beats North Carolina. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing well at the at the right moments. Um, they struggled early on in the season. Obviously, lost North Carolina in the final game at Cameron for for Coach K. Did you see the? I can't, I can't remember the stat, but it was something ridiculous where, like, Dukes like didn't like it was something stupid. Like they didn't miss a shot the final like five minutes of their game against Texas Tech. Texas yeah. Tech was one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they were just on fire. Um, yeah, Paulo Bancaro is making a case to be the number one overall pick. He should um, be. Dude, I remember seeing him at the Iverson Classic last year when I went to watch Deshaun Ruffin. Oh, yeah. And got to sit courtside, and we were right by the bench, and Rasheed Wallace is one of the coaches and uh, sitting next to him and just kind of making some some comments here and there during the game. and. And I asked him, I said, do you remember guys being built like that when you were in high school? Because when I saw Paolo Bancaro just in warm-ups, I was like, this dude's built like an NFL tight end. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's massive. He's pretty baller. And, and like, Rasheed Wallace just laughed, and he was just like, he's just different. Um, I mean, I a, a buddy of mine, shout out to, to my boy JT, he said it um, after that Texas Tech game. He was like, dude, when Paolo gets the ball and starts backing you down, it's curtains. Like it's yep. over. He's he's a special talent. So yeah, I got Kansas Duke in the final, and I just think Mike Shashevsky rides off into the sunset and gets his. Um, I believe this, this would be his seventh title. Yep, it would be his seventh, and he would be the greatest of all time. There would be no debate. 
Yeah, Which, I mean, I think even, right. even though even though John Wooden has 10, I, I think you're probably right there that Coach K is probably the best to ever do it. Uh, I, I hope hard that to argue. does not happen on Saturday, but I, I tend to agree with you that the Either. storybook ending is writing itself. I, look, I, outside of Kansas, just because, I mean, Bill Self is a scumbag, and I think there are going to be some some heavy sanctions coming down at any point now. Whatever this, whatever this ride ends for the Jayhawks, I think something's going to happen. Yep. Um, everybody else though would be great. I know that everybody hates Duke, and it's like the, it's like the thing everybody does in college football with Notre Dame, and hating on Notre Dame for just no reason, just because people like to hate them. People like to hate Duke. Um, be cool for Coach K to to get his seventh right off into retirement. Um, Villanova winning would be awesome. You know, even you know Justin Moore going down was just heartbreaking to see them celebrating getting to the final four, but it was just overshadowed by him getting hurt. Them winning a title in spite of, despite that would be cool. And Jay Wright by all um, accounts is one of the most likable people in the sport. Um, And then North Carolina, I mean, Hubert Davis year one winning it all and beating Duke in the process first ever meeting in the NCAA tournament. That would be pretty special. Yeah. And Armando Baycott's his, his, his uh, talent would would go a long way. This would go a long way for him if he could win a national championship. Yeah. So I think he's going to he's going to really turn up on Saturday. One thing that I don't think I've heard a lot of people talk about it enough. Kansas has a player on their team that is named Remy Martin. Yep, which is pretty cool. That I got. I mean, I don't think he was. I don't know if he was named after the cognac brand, but that's still pretty awesome. <laughs> um, he's been there forever. Well, he he transferred in from from Arizona State. Arizona State, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. I mean, he's been around forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The transfer portal, man. You just pluck a guy from from the Pac-12, and now look at him. I think he's averaging like 17 points a game in the tournament. So, um, it, I mean, probably the all-time best Final Four that in my lifetime. With I think so all, too. All these coaches. Um, there was a trivia question that I was asking a bunch of people yesterday that I actually know two people that got it which is impressive, but this is the only the second time that a Final Four has had multiple head coaches with multiple national titles. Hmm. The only other time it has happened was in 1951. I would Kentucky. never have known that. Yeah, it's an incredible trivia question, but Kentucky's eight offer up. And at the time, it was Oklahoma A&M, which is now Oklahoma State, Hank Iba had multiple titles as well. That was uh, Adolph Rupp, I believe, won his third that year. Um, But still, only the second time it's ever happened. So, I mean, a collection of great programs and great head coaches. So, this weekend is going to be fun. Um, Sure, we'll talk about it next week because by the time we record next week's episode, the national championship will be over and done with. So, um, of course, we're going to talk college basketball on a recruiting podcast. But – <laughs> that's going to do it for this week's uh, Thursday edition of Not Committed. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Grayson, as always. Thanks to the sponsors. Like, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. Stay locked in. Almost Spirit, part of on3.com. And until next Tuesday, we out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.